everybody this is mike from the bolt from the blue podcast and uh we didn't actually uh, plan a, a particular pod right now but we've had about 50 uh, uh guys uh, asking me what does ray think about this what does ray think about this what does colin think about this well we can't get colin on right now because i did send him a message and i'm not gonna say he told me to bugger off but he did uh, say that he uh, has to go to a wedding and we're going to get him after the next uh, game but we do have Ray and we do have questions and uh, <laughs> just to uh, satiate your your appetite uh, we'll we'll ask Ray about the questions that you have asked. What, what are you saying Mike? What are you saying is that Colin has a life and I don't uh, I'm sat at home with nothing to do on a Saturday night. Well, you know, uh, well, <laughs> just to just to reinforce that, it's uh, four twelve a.m. here in South Korea, and so that should show you about uh, what uh, what kind of life, what kind of a life I have. But uh, it's uh, great, first of all, uh, to welcome Ray. So, Ray, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure, Mike. It's a pleasure to. To talk football on a Saturday evening, um, it's just come nine o'clock here in Paris, so it's uh, a nice half an hour, 40 minute chat with you about many things uh, to do with Man City. All right, so the first question um, uh, people are asking uh, me to ask you, Ray, is uh, what did you think of uh, the results tonight? <laughs> well, I'm going to start with last night, got to start with last night. It was uh, the Arsenal getting beat, Arteta. It's looking uh, bleak for him. Um, you know, I, like a lot of Arsenal fans, they've lost confidence uh, going through last season. Uh, and I, I predicted a 2-0 for Brentford. I just thought this was, I predicted this on Wednesday or Thursday. I just don't think Arsenal have the bottle. Arteta is, it's a mess. He can spend as much as he wants. I think it'll still be a mess. Uh, but, you know, obviously we've got to laugh at them for the time being. But I think he's on very thin ice. Next game is against Chelsea, then against City. You know, I, I don't see Arsenal giving him the boot before, you know, after three games. But, you know, if, if they get spanked twice, it's going to look really tough for him to um, continue at Arsenal, even in the in the short term. Um, other results, look, Liverpool, I've not watched games. Liverpool beat Norwich 3-0, so they're back. Um, uh, we'll talk about them in a bit, about their defensive injuries. United, they're going to win the league. They won 5-1 against Leeds. Chelsea won, was it 3-0? Leicester won 1-0. So, you know, let's be honest. It's uh, The season has started with um, all the teams that you think would be in the top five 
winning. So City, you know, I think they're going to have to go to Spurs tomorrow and get something from that game. Three points would be nice, but don't lose. I think that, that that's how I'm looking at tomorrow's game. It's a no-lose game and then focus on winning the next two home games against Norwich and uh, against Arsenal. And then we'll be up there seven out of nine. Right now, I'd take that. Ray, any talking points? Because um, <clears throat> obviously all of the all of the fans are um, watching these uh, huge headlines on the Daily Mail and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and places like that. And uh, obviously there's quite a lot of triumphalism uh, from United, from uh, Liverpool, from Chelsea. But I think you're going to pour some cold water over no, that, aren't you? No, no. At end of the day, look, they're all in with the shout. Let's let's be let's be honest and uh, realistic. They're all in with the shout. You know, United have strengthened. They've got uh, Sancho and Varane. I think uh, th- they will improve their first team. Uh, Chelsea have got Lukaku to come in. They do look frightening with the the number of players they've got. You know, up front they've got Tammy Abrams, Werner, and Lukaku for the time being. Uh, I think Tammy will will be leaving this summer, but they've got a very strong. Uh, first team and a strong squad. That this new kid come in. Um, just trying to remember his name. I forgot. But he's was it, he scored a goal and he played well at, uh, in defence. So um, they're looking good. Leicester won. Vardy scored. Um, you know everybody's done what they needed to do uh, to be up there. And uh, did, you know I think it's going to be a much tougher season than last season because I can see five teams starting off reasonably strongly. And I, th- I don't think four of them will drop away like they did last season. I think someone's going to keep going. Uh, I really do believe 90 points are going to be required to win the league this season. And uh, Ray, um, uh, Jurgen Klopp has been in the uh, in the press. He's got uh, things to say about uh, Man City. Um, yes. Did, did you see that? Yeah, Jurgen's got a big mouth. You know, I mean, he needs a big mouth to fit... Um, uh, all those teeth in, but he's got a big mouth and he's always, always talking about other clubs, Man City in particular, um, when sometimes you feel it, it's a distraction. He's doing it as a distraction. Maybe he's, you know, he's a man full of excuses. He's always complaining about the length of the grass. And, I mean, they're, they're, they've signed nobody apart from Konate, right? Yeah, they signed one player. Uh, they'll argue, you know, Liverpool fans will argue, look, they've got their defenders back, they've got uh, Virgil van Dijk, they've got Gomez, they've got uh, Matic, uh, they'll have Henderson and Fabinho playing in midfield instead of defence, that'll make a difference. But there's two points I'm going to make about Liverpool, um, and it's just by the by. One is is Klopp's comments. Now, he, he is asked, I mean, you know, people say he's asked, so he answers, but he doesn't have to answer. He, he can just say, look, I'm not bothered about other clubs, I'm focused on Liverpool Football Club. That's the team I manage, that's who I'm bothered about. But he consistently talks about finances for other clubs. So uh, after the cast verdict, he talked about Man City. Now, I suggested that he's either talking from a position of ignorance, downright stupidity, or he's just playing the game. He knows the, the actual situation, but he's been disingenuous or he's just trying to, you know, fool the Liverpool fans. So he's he's he's. he's disrespectful uh, at best. And now he's come out again and said, you know, people, Liverpool fans as well, are questioning why they haven't spent a lot of money in the transfer window, why they haven't bought you know, big-name players. Um, and he's basically said, you know, we can 
do whatever we want. But teams like Man City can go out and do two or three times what we do. They can buy two or three players for a hundred million pounds, you know, break records, and we'll have to, you know, break records to get top players and everything else. But hang on, didn't he spend seventy-five million on Virgil Van Dijk? Didn't they spend sixty odd million on Allison? Yeah, you know, they spent lots of money on players. Uh, and he uh, and Jurgen Klopp is the guy who said many uh, several years ago he wants to do it the right way. And if it comes to having to spend lots of money, he would rather walk away from football. And that's just before spending four hundred million pounds in two years on lots of different players. And 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 Liverpool fans question me. I I, I keep writing this four hundred million pounds in two years. You know, to get them to be challenging for the Premier League title and the Champions League. And that's what it took. It took investment. That's what happens at City and at Chelsea and other clubs. It takes a heck of a lot of investment. Liverpool, if I'm correct, I think the last time I looked, they had the second highest uh, turnover, second highest wages, second or third highest. It's right up there. And Liverpool have spent, and they spent big, you know, as I said, Alisson, uh, Virgil van Dijk, uh, Salah, um, who else did they buy? They bought um, Naby Keita, Fabinho. Uh, they bought that uh, Japanese player. Was it Miram- Miramito? I can't remember. Uh, Miramito, yep. They bought several others as well. And I actually, you know, when you actually do some research on a Liverpool fan site, they said Klopp has spent £550 million since he's been at the club. And I looked through the numbers. And on transfer fees, it, I found in a two-year period... £350 million, okay? But you've got to add in agent's fees because without the agent fees, those transfers aren't happening. And Liverpool was spending about £30 million a season on agent's fees. I think they were highest for two or three years, uh, consecutive years. I think City are the highest now. But Liverpool spent at least, I think, £60 million on agent's fees in that two-year period. So you're looking at over £400 million. And we don't even get to talk about the wages, um, and Liverpool, Liverpool obviously are paying humongous wages to their top top stars. So people are picking and choosing what they want. They pick and choose and say, oh, Liverpool's net spend isn't massive. Well, your net spend doesn't have to be massive. If you're going off and paying your, you know, your stars £300,000 a week, that's 15, 16 million a year. So you can find other ways to have massive uh, expenses. Other ways, you know, no one talks about the agent's fees. No one talks about things like um, signing on bonuses and other bonuses. No one talks about them at all. And when you, you know, because they, maybe they don't know enough about them, but that wouldn't look good for Liverpool. When you include all the other things that they spend the money on, that wouldn't look good. They pick something that isn't um, any form of indicator, this net spend. is It's BS. You know, when you speak to proper finance people, it's BS. You know, it's, as I said, um, I said back in the 2017-18 season, that was our centurion season, people attack us for stuff off the pitch. They they used to, you know, they talk about the empty had. They talk about uh, the Arabonas or the oil or FFP or net spend. Why? Because they couldn't compete with us on the pitch. They'd given up competing with us on the pitch. They couldn't talk about the fabulous football we were playing, the um, humongous number of goals we scored that season, 106. The massive goal difference, I think, was was it 79. The number of points we won by 
all those records we broke, they couldn't, they couldn't, and they wouldn't talk about all that stuff. They talked about net spend, so they just made up this thing, net spend, to make themselves look better. Well, you know, you know what, guys? There's no prizes. There's no net spend trophy, as we say. So all that rubbish. You know, Liverpool spent over four hundred million pounds in two years to be challengers for the league title and the Champions League. And if you spend that amount of money, you should be challenging for those trophies. Now, subsequently, they might not have spent so much because they've overstretched themselves and because the owners, you know, they play this money ball thing. They want to make money out of this. You know, they're not doing it to make Liverpool the best, uh, you know, in, in sporting excellence uh, and in reinvest every single penny back into the club like Man City's owners do. They they want to make their money as well. So, you know, so yeah, so going back to Klopp, don't talk about other clubs. Don't talk about it in either, as I said, in an ignorant way where you don't know the facts. Don't talk about it in a stupid way where you know, someone's told you the facts and you don't understand them. And don't just lie about them. That's basically what he does. Okay? So that's the first thing about Klopp. The second thing I'll say about the Liverpool fans, it's not just having a go at Liverpool, but they're, next on, they're, they're on the agenda at the moment. It's this obsession. This obsession you see on social media, Liverpool fans... As even today, even today, they're saying Liverpool didn't win the league last season because of defensive injuries. They didn't. I would say it didn't help, but it didn't cost them the title. What cost Liverpool the title was their um, famed front three, who they say are the best, you know, front line in world football. In uh, Firmino, Salah, and Mane failing to score goals. There was a seven-match period. Got to remember, Liverpool had a pretty good start to the season. They're on top. I think they're on top of the table at Christmas, and this is with injuries. This is with injuries to Mr. Van Dijk, who did happen to let was it seven goals in against Aston Villa, and it should have been ten. Um, it's with injuries to their players. But Klopp made. Well, there's, there's two things that happened. One is the strikers weren't striking. They weren't scoring goals. So you, Liverpool had a seven-game period, uh, okay, at home, and the scores were something like. 0-0 against Man United. They lost 1-0 to Burnley at home. They lost 1-0 to Brighton at home. They lost 2-0 to Everton at home. They lost 4-1 uh, to City at home. They lost 1-0 to Chelsea at home. And they lost 1-0 to Fulham at home. Fulham, who were relegated. Brighton, who finished was it one or two places above relegation zone. And uh, Burnley, who were down there as well. Okay. Uh, and, and they lost at home to a poor Everton team. In seven consecutive home games, they scored one goal. One goal in seven games at home. They lost six of them and drew one. So they got one point out of 21. That's where they lost the league. That's where they lost it. So their forwards weren't scoring goals. And I've, you know, I've had to block some Liverpool fans today because they're talking about, oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Because we didn't have our best defenders, they're the ones who start the attacks. Seriously, this is what they're saying. They're the ones who start the attacks. Oh, because we didn't have Virgil van Dijk, we didn't score as many goals from corners as we would normally do. It's a lot of rubbish, you know. Uh, was van Dijk there this, the season Salah scored, you know, 35 goals or whatever, 40 mm -hmm. goals? I don't think so. So they're just grasping at, at straws. The fact is, their striker scored, I'll repeat it, one goal in seven consecutive home games and they scored, they got one point out of seven games. That's where you lost the title, you know. Um, and the other point is, they talk about these injuries, they keep going on about them. Klopp made a conscious decision not to play the kids. They got a few kids, was it Nico Williams, 
there's another couple of kids. Um, he didn't play them at centre-back. He, he put Fabinho there. He put Henderson at centre-back. He destroyed his, his midfield and put his best midfielders at centre-back. So he weakened his centre-back and he's weakened his midfield. That's exactly what I think Pep did season before when Liverpool won the league. When, when Laporte got injured, Pep put Fernandinho in defence. And I think that weakened our defence. And it, even though Fernandinho did reasonably well, it weakened our midfield as well. So we had two weakened areas. Klopp didn't learn from that. He used Henderson and Fabinho at the back. It weakened them. OK, and he didn't trust the kids. He went out in January. He bought he got Kabak from Schalke on loan. He bought a kid from Preston. I don't even think he played him. So, he's, you know, he, he didn't buy anybody for the moment. And eventually he comes back and he starts playing the kids. And he realises the kids aren't that bad. The kids actually did all right towards the end of the season. And Liverpool played really well, you know, at, at the end of the season. They got lucky to get Champions League, I, I've got to admit, uh, with um, 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 Leicester bottling it and falling out of the top four. So, you know, this obsession with the defensive injuries costing them the title, it didn't. It didn't cost them. It was the fact that they couldn't score goals. And, if, and the fact that I believe Jurgen Klopp made a massive tactical error by playing Henderson and Fabinho at centre-back instead of the kids and giving them experience and keeping his midfield strong because you're going to score goals and, and you're going to protect those defenders by having a strong midfield. So, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, Liverpool, it's, it's that obsession, that cultism, you know, Klopp and Liverpool fans are made for each other. They what do they say? They're, they're, they're a bit like Barcelona. Barcelona are more than a club. <laughs> more than a club. And Liverpool, it means more. Uh, ridiculous soundbite slogans for the 21st century. It is pathetic. <laughs> well, guys, let's move on to the second question. Now, um, uh, just before I uh, move on to this, I just want to thank uh, everybody out there on Twitter uh, uh, Bolt from the Blue has uh, surpassed uh, 5,000 uh, followers. I just do uh, I do want to stress that that is not a Mike Long uh, account. That's uh, me and uh, and Ray and uh, Colin Savage and Walter Smith. That's uh, the that's the, uh, the the account that we started, and uh, we hope that you enjoy it. And um, well, it's interesting. 37 questions. 37 <laughs> questions. Um, asking Ray about uh, United's obsession with the Carlos Tevez poster from years ago. What do you think about that, Ray? Yeah, look, uh, to remind uh, people who've been, who've been living on another planet for the last 12 years, when Man City bought Carlos Tevez from uh, Manchester United, I mean, he had some choice uh, things to say about uh, uh, Alex, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. And City put this poster up uh, on, on Dean's Gate and it said, and it's, you know, Te Carlos Tevez, arms uh, outspread, and it says, welcome to Manchester. Because obviously, M Manchester United play in, in the borough of Trafford, they play in Stretford, and they're not technically in Manchester. Um, and, you know, it was a little play on, on, on words and stuff, and it was quite funny, and we found it uh, pretty amusing. And United, the club and United fans have never got over that. And it's still <laughs> in their heads. And there's been, two or, there's been two or three attempts to 
you know, try and, and do something since. And the, the current one is obviously they, they bought Jaden Sancho, uh, who City sold to uh, Dortmund. We had no choice because, you know, it, it's, it's not that we had a choice. He wanted to leave. He was pretty much on strike. And we ended up selling him to Dortmund. I think we sold him for about 10 million quid. We had a sell-on clause, which... I think we've got nine or ten million. He quid. basically raided. He he got the hump because we signed Riyad Mahrez. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, this, that's part of it. He didn't believe in himself to make it at City. I think that's one of the things he didn't believe in himself to make it at City. Or uh, he wanted to play sooner. I mean, look, it was tough at City. We had Raheem Sterling, we had um, Leroy Sane, we had Bernardo Silva, and Riyad Mahrez. It's tough to break through. I think if he'd stuck it out. Like Phil Foden, he'd be a first-team player now. He'd have been a first-team player last season. Um, you know, he'd have had his opportunities. But he didn't want to wait. Uh, he went to Dortmund. He got, I think, a lot more money as well. Um, you know, I think you paid very well at City. Let's say around thirty thousand for for the top youngsters. I think Torsten was on twenty-five. Torsten Adarabayo, twenty-five thousand a week. Uh, I think Phil Foden. A couple of years goes on thirty thousand a week, and I think I think City offered to make Sancho their highest paid uh, youngster, and he turned it down. He got a, I think a lot more money at Dortmund as well, um, and the first season at, oh, at Dortmund he hardly played at all. Uh, he was a bit part player. Obviously, subsequently he's done well, uh, but he chose to leave. Now you know United, they've come out and uh, there was a poster and it says uh, something about uh, welcome to proper Manchester. Hang <laughs> on, you know. Um, and a picture of and I mean it's like how sad are you how sad are you that 12 years afterwards 12 years afterwards we are still seeing this um, you know and uh, but the good thing is City fans have responded and this responded really really well okay and they've taken that and they've Changed it. So uh, I saw one. It says, welcome to the swamp, Old Trafford. The picture of Sancho. Another one I can't read the full thing is, but um, I can. I don't think it's a problem. Made yourself, made yourselves look proper bellends. Uh, and, and so City have hit back. City fans have done really well. And I, I said, in Manchester, we don't really say proper, do we? So, you know, it, it's just petty. Um, trying to get their own back. And, the, and actually... It digs that hole a little bit deeper. It makes them look even worse. So, you know, City fans, we're lapping this up. That, as I said, twelve years afterward, twelve years after all this, they're still they still can't handle what Tevez did. That the fact he went from United to City, uh, criticizing Ferguson as he left, and then did well at City. They, they just hate that. Um, and look, I suspect in ten years' time it'll still be in their heads and they'll still be trying to retaliate and they'll still fail. Mm-hmm. Well, Ray, the next one, um, 23 questions in total, uh, <laughs> is about Harry Kane. And um, um, I don't know about uh, you guys, but um, I, you know, I, I'm not exactly like Ray or, or Colin. I, I just absorb everything. I listen to all the pods. I am a subscriber to 9320. I listened to um, uh, Sam Lee, and uh, I'm really disappointed because every time I listen to that pod, it's like, I don't know Jeff. I don't know Jeff. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like that. And um, 
So, yeah, where do you think, Ray, that we stand with the whole Harry Kane situation? Okay, right now my uh, my feeling is looking at what Spurs are apparently trying to do in the transfer market, trying to the, the, put a big bid in for Lautaro Martinez from Inter. I don't think Inter want. I, I don't. They don't want to sell him because they just sold Lukaku for a, uh, almost a hundred million pounds. So they probably don't need the money for Lautaro Martinez. Having said that, if Spurs put a big enough bid in, money talks, and he, he'll walk, I think. But they've also put a, apparently a bid in for a player from Fiorentina, is it Vlahovic? Yeah. Um, up to 60 million euros, I think, for Vlahovic. I think somebody, it was Atletico or somebody else offered 50 million. They've come in with 60 million, and their front runners there. So it feels like they're trying to spend the hurricane money before it's arrived. It feels like they they're confident a deal will be done. So it's up to them to sanction the deal now. And when uh, Daniel Levy, the chairman, says, right, let's do it, it'll happen. So I think once they've got their replacement, they'll sanction the deal. Now, there's lots of things that up in the air about Spurs at the moment. Um, We know Harry Kane wants to leave. He's done that interview back in May with uh, Gary Neville. We know he wants to leave. We know he wants to play at City. We know he wants to play with KDB. We know City are interested. Pep did something unusual, not like Pep uh, before the Community Shield, I think it was. He talked about Harry Kane uh, in his uh, press conference. And he doesn't normally talk about players, um, but I think everybody it's common knowledge that City want Harry Kane. There's a bid being made. Um, and it's just now negotiating on the money. I, I think Harry Kane wouldn't have said the things he said if some communication hadn't happened between Harry Kane's um, team, his agent, whatever, and the City hierarchy. I think um, it's not a matter of agree a fee, then agree a, a package. You know, uh, I think the terms have been agreed already. And it's now they're just waiting for Daniel Levy to say, right, let's do it. That obviously, Daniel Levy wants as much money as possible for this uh, transfer, up to £150 million. I don't think City are going to pay that much. I think what it will end up being is somewhere in the region of between £120 and £130 million pounds as, a, as a basic payment and up to £20 million pounds on add-ons and stuff like you know, winning the Premier League title or winning a cup or winning the Champions League, or Harry Kane getting the Ballon d'Or, or scoring 30 goals, or whatever it's going to be. I think there's going to be some add-ons. And if City end up playing the add-ons, I think City will City will be very happy to pay those add-ons because it means we've won a lot of stuff in the next uh, two or three years. So that that's my feeling. Is It, it looks like it's going to happen. Um, if you look at certain commentators, certain people who say things, I mean, I look at something that Stefan Borson said, and I'm not a betting man, uh, uh, but he said, you know, Harry Kane is odds on with the bookies to go to City. It was about two to one on. Basically, if you bet two pounds, you win one pound plus you get your two pounds back. So, you know, and at that level, it looks almost certain it's like it's going to happen. You know, bookies are seldom wrong unless they're, you know, manipulating the market, let's say, for themselves. Now, with Spurs, you've got to be a little bit careful because their manager market, you know, they had uh, three or four managers that went odds on to go to Spurs and they never went there. Uh, but, uh, you know, you feel, my feeling is it's be- a lot better than 50-50 that Harry Kane ends up at, at City. The fact, there's lots of other things. The fact is 
he came back from holiday late. He apparently was was it self isolating or something, quarantining. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. only went into training on Friday for his first training session. You know, it all sounds very odd. Nuno Espirito Sanchez is that his name? The, um, or Santos? Uh, I can't remember that. The, well, you, the you you've got to genuflect when you do that. You know, Nuno Espirito Santo. You've got to um, put the sign of the cross. You know, <laughs> but he he doesn't want to talk about the situation. He's you know he's he's trying to avoid it and saying he's still our player, even though his uh, let's say his body language and his tone kind of thinks he's the guy's gone. Um, so. You know, everything's pointing to Harry Kane leaving Spurs. Obviously, it's gonna, it can't happen before the game against City. That's tomorrow now. I said this all along. It will, it will never happen before the game against City. I said this weeks and months ago, simply because, oh, well, as soon as the fixture list was out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tottenham can't stand Harry Kane being at City, playing against them, scoring goals. I'm just supposing Tottenham gets spanked. Harry Kane scores a hat-trick. In a five 0 drubbing at the White Hart Lane, um, people will be <laughs> looking for Daniel Levy. They'll be after him. So I don't think it's going to happen uh, yet. I think probably my guess is it will happen after the Norwich and before the Arsenal game. Maybe even after the Arsenal game because I think City will sanction a deal all the way up to to the end of the the transfer window, um, whereas Spurs. You know, if they if they get their man coming in, they'll probably try and hold it off as long as possible just to annoy City, spite us, so we can't get Harry Kane in Manchester training, uh, you know, with the lads and uh, being able, being available to play uh, for the for the first team. So I think they'll delay as as much as they can. But it's gonna, be, look, it's you know, I, I'm I'm it's it's probably his last chance. It's probably his last chance to make. Uh, a move to a big club, a, a club that's going to challenge for trophies. And look, City are going to be challenging for trophies um, a lot more than Spurs. And it's at 28, it's probably his last opportunity. Uh, I hope it comes off for him. It also might signal, and there's another point I, I want to mention, we sold uh, Illich, I think, this week. City have brought in about 60 million quid. And, and Pep mentioned it at uh, one of his press conferences, um, I think before the... Um, game against uh, Leicester. He mentioned it that City, you know, people talk about City spending 100 million on Jack Grealish, but he said City have sold 60 million pounds worth of players. Yeah, so, you know, we've discussed this in the past. They sold, you know, there's the money from Angelino, there's the sell on clause from um, uh, Sancho's, there's the money from Illich now, there's the money from Lucas Nemecha. There's another player that was sold. There's money from it, all these different sources, which add up to about 60 million quid so far. And we've still got uh, Angel Herrera to sell. We've still got uh, Pedro Porro, Morgan Rogers. There might be one or two others. And a lot of loan deals. People forget that when you make a loan deal, you generally get the, the club that's loaning your players to pay some money. Now, there's a player called Pablo Mari. I'm um, just trying to remember this a few years ago. Now he's with, with, with Arsenal. He, City uh, bought him. He never, I don't even think he came to Manchester. Certainly not even on holiday. Uh, and we loaned him out for three seasons and then we flogged him for a, one or two million euros. I think, if I remember correctly, we were loaning him out to club. I remember a club in France paid, I think, 350,000 either pounds or euros to as a loan fee to have him for one season. So, 
you know, you can imagine if we send, for argument's sake, 12 players out on loan and we're charging 250 to 350 each, we're going to make somewhere in the region of three to four or even five million pounds a season on loaning players out. That's all income to City. So, you know, Pep's right. You know, he said, you could argue technically, we've got 60 million in, we've only had to spend 40 million pounds getting um, Jack Grealish on top of, you know, in, in terms of in cash terms. And you know, when we sell these other players, that means Jack Grealish would have come in on a, for free money if you, if you net it off. Um, and then what we spend on Harry Kane would probably be a normal summer outlay on players. It's a normal budgeted outlay on players. So um, the, the finances, I don't have an issue with that. And, you know, City fans say, oh, why are we spending so much? It's, it's too much. I turn around and say, well, to be honest, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, for most of them, it's not their money. It's the club's money. And if the club can spend that sort of money and uh, meet the FFP requirements, what's the big deal? There's no issue for me. And and one thing when I mention FFP, why I think Spurs could, you know, it could serve them really well to sell Harry Kane. They've not used, been able to use their new stadium all last season. Now, their new stadium holds, was it 62,000 fans or something? It's about 15,000 fans fewer than Man United's ground. But their income from match day income is humongous. It's more than Man United. Now, I remember a story a couple of years ago, and it said they were getting £850,000 per game just from their restaurants at the ground. So they they missed out on somewhere, I think, last season in the region of possibly £120 million. The previous season, they missed out on a little bit of income as well from four or five games. So they might have missed out on somewhere in the region of 140 or 150 million pounds because of COVID, not having fans at grounds. That's got to hurt. It's going to affect how they meet the financial fair play requirements. So selling Harry Kane, you know, if they're selling for 120 million quid, 130 million quid, that's a huge profit in their accounts. That will help them against financial fair play if that's an issue for them. And I think it must be pinching them a little bit. Um, so all these things you know, kind of point that Harry Kane will be a City player at the end uh, of this month. Well, I've just got two more questions for Ray. Uh, Ray, I was speaking to my dad tonight and um, he was uh, talking about uh, what he thinks is going to be a surprise transfer. I asked him, what what are you talking about? And he thinks what that um, uh, the whole um, uh, focus has been on Grealish and on Harry Kane, but he thinks that uh, City might go in on the sly for someone else. So I asked him, well, uh, what, what are you talking about? And he said, either a left back or Hussam Awar, who apparently is uh, being shopped around for 20 million. And I said to my dad, um, I, I think uh, Ray will give that pretty short <laughs> shrift. But uh, well, what, do you, what do you reckon? Okay, uh, left back, there's been no noises about a left back. I think it's too late in the window. I mean, still, obviously, uh, what, uh, 17 days left or something. Uh, so over two weeks of the window left. Um, I would like a left back. I don't think Zinchenko's good enough as a first choice left back. As a, a backup left back, yep, a second choice on the bench, yep, I have no problem with Zinchenko there. I don't think he's good enough as a first choice, personally. Um, 
Husmawa is interesting. Now, if we do lose Bernardo Silva, yeah, he does want to leave, but we've talked about this before. Who can afford Bernardo Silva? For me, nobody. Barcelona can't afford him. Any he's, links there? You're I mean, talking 50 million euros there, I think. Well, for Bernardo, I think we want 60 million quid, which is nearer to 70 million euros. Now, the thing is, someone like Barcelona can't afford him, okay? Because not only have they not got the money to pay for him, they've not got the uh, financial situation with their wages. And, 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 and not only that, Ray, but the, there was talk about um, uh, Gabriel Jesus. He would cost the same, wouldn't he? Yeah. Look, you've got to look at who can afford them. Barcelona can't afford anybody. They, you know, they, they, they couldn't register Messi. They, at the moment, their wages are too high to register Aguero, uh, Wijnaldum, uh, Eric Garcia. And even if the players went on a free, uh, sorry, if the players went and said, we'll play for free, they cannot register new players until they get their wages down. And that's proving, proving a huge stumbling block. So they're out of the equation. Real Madrid, they're not spending money. You know, they want Kylian Mbappe. I think they wait for next season to get Kylian Mbappe on a free from uh, PSG if, if he gets them at all. Uh, so they're not spending. Clubs are not spending money. Now, the, the only way uh, I see it, the only way I can see a club making a deal, someone some like Atletico, is a swap deal. I can't see any, any other way. You know, who's got the money to be able to finance a deal? A swap deal can work for two parties. For argument's sake, say we wanted that fella called Saul. Saul from... Um, yeah, Saul Niguez. Yeah. yeah. If we wanted him and Atletico wanted Bernardo, we just agree on a fee that's si similar. Let's say we we value Bernardo at 70 million euros. They value Saul, Saul, I don't know how to say it, Saul um, at 60 million euros. And so they basically only have to pay 10 million. Okay? And we make a huge accounting profit on Bernardo Silva. I did work it out the other day. Um, he's in our books. I, you know, let's not go into all the, the accounting stuff, but we'll make a huge profit on Bernardo, probably 55 million um, euros. Okay, That will solve a lot of problems with financial fair play as well. Um, and, and so, uh, and it will also help Atletico if they have an issue with financial fair play to sell a player really, uh, you know, on paper for a lot of money when he's cost them a lot less. So that can that can work. I can't see any other way Bernardo Silva goes anywhere. He's not going to go to Arsenal, even if he, if he can play under Arteta, because as I said earlier, I don't well, think Arteta is going to last too long. He doesn't want to stay in England. He, the, no. the, the thing is, it's been widely reported that him and his uh, girlfriend, they, they want a hotter climate. That's yes. what they want. So the, the only th you'd, you'd think the only options are Italy, Spain, uh, the south of France, but there's no one there. Uh, or Portugal. Well, I don't think he wants to go to Portugal. I think that's a backward step in terms of career because no one in Portugal is going to be you know, playing in, in the top European competitions with a chance of winning anything. I think he still wants a career. It's not just a money or a location thing. And if he went to Spain, he'd want to be, I would suggest, either Atletico or Real or Barcelona. I don't think that's going to happen. In Italy, uh, AC Milan or Juventus, I don't, see, I don't see them having the money either. So I can't see him moving unless it's a swap deal. Um, but if we can get him off the uh, off the books, then some people will say, well, we've got Jack Grealish to, as a replacement. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Husumawa, personally, I don't think we'll get him. But 
would I consider him? Yes, I would. If he's available for 20 million euros or 20 million quid, I think that's a steal. I really do. And I'd be willing to get him because I think once a season has been has taken place where clubs have managed to get the fans back in the grounds, and maybe prices go up, we could sell him possibly for 35, 40 million next summer or the summer after. And we'd, you know, we'd make a handsome profit. Now, the kid is off the top of my head. He's about 23 years old. It's something like that, 23 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, we've got a midfield right now of KDB. I'll just give you three names. Um, KDB, who is 30 years old. We've got Mares, who is 30 years old. Gunduan. We've got Gunduan, who is, I think, uh, 30 years old or 31. Is Gunduan 31 already? I think he might mm-hmm. be 31. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, within a couple of seasons, these guys, you know, Gunduan's still 30, but he's going to be 31 in October. So these guys will be, you know, they're not knocking on yet. You know, you could argue that you'd like to think they could play till they're 33, 34 years old. Okay. Um, but we will eventually start to need to replace these guys. We don't. I don't think we want to be in three years' time having Mares, Gundwan, and KDB, 33, 34 years old, coming to the end of their time, and we have to replace them all at the same time. I think it's possible that we could replace one next summer. Um, so who's Samoa? I'd be interested in because the price is ridiculously cheap. If you can get him for 20 million quid, as I said, he might fit in. He might work out. If Bernardo leaves, we've got Husamoa. That'd be fantastic. Fernandinho is going to go as well, probably probably next summer. So you know, we could lose, for argument's sake, for, uh, Bernardo Silva now, Fernandinho next summer, Mares the summer after. That's a possibility. So to get an extra body in, I don't think it hurts us in terms of... Um, um, I don't know about the financial fair play side of things. I don't think it'd be too bad uh, because, you know, you put Husamoar on a five-year contract, the amortisation, which is the number that hits the accounts, is only four million. You could pay him a hundred grand a week. That's another five million. So it's nine million a season. I don't think it's too bad. Um, so you could get him in to help with that transition. You know, Jack Grealish is young. Obviously, we've got Forden. We've got some young players. But it will help with the transition. And if he doesn't make it, you could flog him on. I don't think City would do it because I'd have done the same with Pat Sandaka, who went, ended up at Chelsea. Uh, sorry, at uh, Leicester City. Now, he was available. I think he was sold for 20 million euros. I thought that was cheap as chips. Yeah, you I liked just, him, didn't you? I really did like him. You know, his numbers were not as good as Haaland, but you know, Haaland was slightly better than a goal a game at, at RB Salzburg. Pat Sandaka was slightly below a goal a game. He, was, he scores goals. Um, and he works hard. He'll put the effort in. So I think he'll do all the running that you want. And I just think Pat Sandaka, if he had two good season at, at, at Leicester, he'll be a £60 million player. Um, and I think he could have done that with us. And it would have been nice to get somebody in in case the Kane deal doesn't happen. I think that's another reason why I think the Kane deal will happen. We didn't take any backups like Danny Ings, who scored today, like uh, as Villa lost. 3-2 to a newly promoted Watford. I can see the Villa fans forming at the mouth already. Um, so we didn't get Danny Ings. We didn't get someone like Pat Sandaki. We didn't get, uh, you know, second or third choice people. So that's another reason for me to go back and say, I think Harry Kane's going to happen. Um, but I, I look at these players and say, look, we could have got Hussamoa. 
if he'd done all right, you know, he'll either be part of our succession planning for when the big stars, all the stars leave, or we could just sell him in a couple of years' time for, you know, double your money. Uh, and that's great for uh, financial fair play for City. Um, but as I said, I don't think we're going to get him. It doesn't look likely. Unless suddenly two players get offers and Bernardo leaves and uh, Gabriel Jesus decides to go and Real Madrid come in for Mahrez and he says, I want out, or PSG come in for Mahrez. It's not happening. Uh, these are all fantasy ideas. Uh, I think probably we'll get one more player and that's going to be Harry Kane. Well, uh, we've got uh, the the final um a bunch of questions. It's uh, 10 questions in total. They were all for Colin Savage, but unfortunately, <laughs> Colin is not right here. So, Ray, you're going to have to substitute. Let's, let's do some quick fire questions then. Um, okay. So, um, here's the question um, uh, Pep mentioned in a recent interview about uh, three or four players that wanted to leave uh, Man City. Who do you think they are? Well, obviously, one is Bernardo Silva. Then let's look at this. There's rumours about Laporte being unhappy because he's he got uh, you know he uh, got demoted to uh, backup centre back because of John Stones's fantastic form last season and the fact that Re, uh, Ruben Diaz hit the ground running and it was brilliant. So I think Laporte is one. No one's going to take Laporte. No one can afford him. You know we're not selling him for less than 60, 70 million. Uh, no one's going to pay that. So he's one. Looking around, I'd have sold Mendy, but I don't think... Mendy doesn't want to leave. Mendy's on a good number at City. He's winning trophies for not playing. I think he played 73 competitive matches for City. Uh, and in that time, he won four Carabao Cups, an FA Cup and three league titles. Not bad, eh? Uh, uh, and the World Cup as well. <laughs> and the World Cup, well, that, that was with France. You know, I, you know, I don't think City had much to do with that. But he only played about four or five games for France in winning um, the World Cup. Over about two seasons, so th- so there's so he's not going to go. He's got one year left, I think, on his contract. I don't think City want to renew, which means he'll go somewhere and get a bumper, uh, either contract or a signing on bonus. Cancelo is in there, maybe as Cancello, well. Cancelo, yeah, I think Cancelo's probably unhappy because he's suddenly again found himself behind Kyle Walker and probably behind Zinchenko. That's his own fault, partly uh, because he's he's not maintained a high level of form, and I think it's also partly because of. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne back in the side and he's occupying some of the places that Cancelo would occupy and Cancelo is more of a uh, he fits I think he fits a team without KDB better than he fits into a team with KDB and it, it, it's so much uh, has he fallen off the the radar he you know he's behind Kyle Walker and at a point last season we thought some fans thought Kyle Walker was on his way way down because Cancelo was brilliant and Kyle had no chance of getting in and Cancelo was offering so much more th- than Kyle Walker and he's now found himself behind, uh, as I said, Kyle Walker and, and Zinchenko on the left. We knew the season before he was unhappy because he wasn't playing. I think that's, he's back in that situation. Do you reckon situation. Nathan Ake is maybe one of those no, players? absolutely no chance. Absolutely no chance. I said said last week he's not going to make it at City because you know I I I, I got dogs abuse on Twitter because I I thought he played really uh, beautifully until uh, that you know penalty incident. He 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 plays he's too one sided one footed sorry he's got a left foot and that's it. Um, He struggles with his right. I noticed that last season. I thought he was better with you know than he was. I thought he was more two footed, but. You know, by by Jovi's not, not too Not exactly rude hullet then. 
He's no, 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 no. He might look like him, but that's that's as uh, as close as it goes uh, to playing like Rude Holly. He just does not have that right foot, and that is crucial. It's crucial for a, a defender at City to be able to pass and control the ball with that right foot. So I, I think, um, but I don't so think he's looking you're to right, leave. He's not looking out. No, no. The others that might look to leave, Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if, if you know Harry Kane's coming, you'll do a Sancho. You know someone's coming in your position. What's your future? Uh, Gabriel's probably looked at it, you know, this is one way I, I can see it, and, and said, I've been here for so long. I mean, my fifth, I've been here about four and a half years. Uh, now Aguero's gone. If you're going to get Kane, Kane will be number one for the next four years. I need to be number one somewhere to keep my position in uh, Raheem uh, Brazil. Sterling, maybe? So Raheem, uh, Raheem, Raheem's negotiating a new contract. That's not going to happen. City would want at least £100 million for Raheem Sterling. And bottom line is, nobody can afford him. And he's negotiating a new contract. So if I was saying, I'd say Bernardo Silva, Emeric Laporte, I would say Gabriel Jesus, Joao Cancelo, and possibly, but I don't think he's looking for a move, Riyad Mahrez. If Madrid or PSG came in for Mahrez, I think he'd be seriously con- uh, consider that. But they won't be. They're not in a position to buy him. So I don't think he's on the radar either. Well, let's finish off, Ray, with some comedy. Um, uh, I know everyone li- likes a bit of a laugh, but um, I could not resist... Uh, going on the channels of Mr. DT and Troops and uh, the guys at Arsenal. Um, what, what were your thoughts, Ray? Because that was um, that was not a very uh, not not a very impressive beginning, was it? Uh, Arsenal are in trouble. I said it at the start. Arsenal are in trouble. Brentford, you know, Brentford are a team that got it, promotion through the playoffs. Then, you know, they they might struggle this season. I think they play well. I think they work well. For each other, there'll be a lot of heart and spirit and an effort, but they might struggle this season. For the fact that Arsenal lost to them, and then the next games are Chelsea and and, and City, that's not going to look too too promising. I think they got a, a reasonably tough start to the season, um, but the melt the meltdown in the fans it's it's to be expected, you know. And look, a lot of those fans they make a lot of money. Let's be clear about this: they make a lot of money from the way they behave, the comments they make. And a lot of it's fake. Actually, some of them are worse, I think, in real life than they actually come across. I think, uh, but they're bad enough, you know, what you see some of these videos. Uh, some of them are like, they're like plastic fans. You know, they say, you know, Arsenal till I die or Gooners till I die, Gooners forever. They, you know, but they're not. They're not getting behind the team. Can you imagine what these guys would have been like if they'd spotted City and they'd gone down to the third tier. You know, can you imagine? They, they, they couldn't have handled it. So, look, as I said, they do it, they do what they do, most of them, in a certain way, because they make a lot of money out of behaving like this. And if I set up an Arsenal channel and behave like that, I wouldn't do as well as them, but I do all right. I do all right. I, I see a lot of Arsenal channels out there doing a similar sort of thing, because they've got a huge fan base around the world, they make money. Same at Spurs. I see that as well. Same at Liverpool. Same at Man United. Same, same at you know, quite a few clubs. Uh, City are different. We don't have big YouTubers. You know, the big City YouTubers are, are in Algeria, actually. If you look over there, you know, those guys have got uh, humongous numbers. And that's 
partly because uh, the Algerians follow Riyad Mahrez rather than any anything else. But you know, the, the, the guys I uh, worked with in the past, they're the big city YouTubers. You know, there's a couple. I'm trying to remember the names. There's a guy called uh, Yam, I think he's called Yamani Smile. Uh, he's a big YouTuber. He's got, if I remember, um, he's got well over. Um, I'm just going to quickly check. Uh, he's got, I think, well over a hundred thousand subscribers. That's huge. He's two hundred. Now he's on two hundred and eight thousand subscribers. That's uh, Yamani Smile. There's another guy called, that I work with called Frimed or Frimed or Frimed. He's got. I'm just trying to think. Hopefully, I've got the right guy. He's got. Um, he's not as well known as these guys, but he's. Just have a quick look at how many subscribers he's got. He's got a decent number of subscribers as well. I can't. It's not easy to check on his channel. But anyway, he's got a fair few subscribers as well. Um, I think I did something with him 18 months ago. With, with and then I can't find his numbers. And my other mate is uh, Walid. Now Walid um, has done um, a lot of videos. He's he's another big one. He's done, he's done quite a few things with him. He's done stuff with he's done stuff with um, Natalie Pike. I think he's done stuff with her uh, not too long ago. And I think with Ian Cheeseman and, and others. Um, so Walid Hope. That's uh, that's the guy's name. Now he he's another massive YouTuber uh, out of Algeria. I'm just going to pull up his channel. His channel has got, last time I knew, he's got 237,000 subscribers. So these are the some of the big city YouTubers uh, in Algeria. A city don't have big YouTubers in, in, compared to all these other fan uh, channels on, uh, other for other clubs. It's just it's just the way it is, our, the way our fan base is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, going back to the Arsenal guys, a lot of them are over the top, you know, what happens is they've seen certain people behave and act in a certain way that's got them a lot of subscribers, that's got them a lot of success, that's got them a lot of money, and new people come along, and these are their role models. These are who they copy, and everybody wants to do the same. The funny thing is, if these guys turned up now, no one would be that interested. I don't think they'd be that interested in them because a lot of other people are doing the same. But there's something I, I, I saw, and I don't watch Sky at all, um, but there's something, I, it was a clip on, when it, someone put it on, on Twitter, they had some guests, you know, some presenters, people like whoever the presenter was, I think they had probably Gary Neville on, they had Jimmy Carragher, and they had a crowd of football fans, I don't know who they were, and they had Ty, now Ty is uh, the most optimistic Arsenal fan you can find. They had him on in, in, in the crowd ask, asking, making some point, asking questions. And it's just like, no, you know, these, because they're successful, you've got them on. But these guys are, a lot of them are, are totally clueless. You know, Ty, after the Brentford game, was saying Arsenal deserves something out of the game. They were unlucky. They had, they had a lot of the play. I mean, you know, honestly, when you listen to people like him, it's like, it's like you're watching a different game in a parallel universe where Arsenal are actually good. You know, but he, they're just totally out of it. And I remember a couple of years ago, City beat Arsenal 2-0, first game of the season at uh, the Emirates. And I was down there, uh, obviously, filming. And I did a lot of uh, videos afterwards. And I, listening to the Arsenal fans, they were so deluded, talking absolute tripe. And, and you know... It's like, it's like, guys, didn't you watch the game? And, and I remember saying to, to Robbie Lyle, who runs AFTV uh, a couple of seasons back, um, 
before a game uh, at the Emirates, I think we won three nil, three one, something like that. And I, and I s- said to him, Arsenal fans have to be realistic. They, it's like a big, it's like an oil tanker. It's going down, uh, you know, a, a certain speed, and you want to turn it around. It takes time to slow it down, turn it around, and come back and and get to back where they want to be. And I said that you have to be realistic. It's going to take you years. It's going to take you years to turn around and be challenging. I actually said to him, Do you, it'll take you years to get back into the top four. That should be your next aim, is to turn that tanker around, get back into the top four, challenge you know, in Europe again, or, or at least get the money that comes in from there, and then move forward to ch- challenge for the league. It could take you five or six years to get there. And they poo-pooed me and they said, it's always, we need two or three players. Well, you know what? When we beat them in the Carabao Cup final, 3-0, very comfortably, after that game, Arsenal fans were saying, we need two or three players. Well, you probably had 12 or 13 players. You know, you've got people like Aubameyang, people like Pepe, people like Lacazette, people like, now you've got Pablo Mari, David Luiz, you know, this uh, the, the white kid that came from Brighton. All these players, and it's still not worked. And this, they look so far away from being, a, a, you know, a, a, a team that will even finish in the top 10. I mean, the last two finishers, uh, league finishes, what was it, eighth and eighth? Yeah, you know, yeah. and six before that or something, fifth or sixth. So, I uh, know it's just an absolute uh, crazy, crazy situation. It's such uh, a shame, so, such a shame because, um, you know, uh, as um, a lot of um, uh, uh, Bolt from the Blue uh, fans will know, I mean, I, I was such a huge fan of uh, uh, real, real men like uh, yeah. Tony Adams, like Kenny Sansom. Patrick Vieira, it's sad to see them in this uh, situation, but um, yeah, that's that. that. Oh, it's, it's, it's look, it, and I'll, I'll go back to City on this. It's one thing that Khaldun Al Mubarak said a couple of years ago. Other clubs, you know, lump on City. They have a go at City to try and camouflage and hide their own mistakes. They're, if you look in the transfer market. Since Pep's been at City, okay, how many mistakes, how many poor signings, really poor signings have we made, yeah, that have been really expensive at City? How many poor signings, you know, and you will really, really struggle, really struggle to find mistakes that we've made in signings. The one that I can, that's been expensive, okay, the one that I think is a mistake. Uh, we struggled, struggled was Nelito, okay? He wasn't that expensive, Ray. He was about 15 million quid, 13.8 million quid. Most of the other people we've bought from that Pep's bought have been what pretty, the, pretty good. What was the other, uh, the, you know, the um, the forward, the striker, um, that we bought? Um, he scored like one or two good goals. Um, under Pep. He came from Italy. Under Pep? Uh, not under Pep, no. It was under um, uh, Pellegrini. Um, Jovetic. Jovetic, that's the one. Okay. He, he, he flattered to deceive, didn't he? Yeah. No, no, I, I think injuries hurt him. Let's go through some City's signings. Mendy, humongously unfit, injured twice. Uh, you know, we paid 50 million. He's, he's not been great. Danilo, right? 
He cost us, I think, 26 million quid from Real Madrid. He no, did okay. He was all right. He wasn't great. Hey, but... He was all right. He won two. Look, he, he stayed at us for two seasons, won two league titles, two league cups, I think, an FA Cup. Um, and he had some in, had some injuries. Okay, but he did okay. Claudio Bravo, yes, you could say he, he wasn't a massive success. But he was great, 16 great million. Great penalty saver, though. Yeah, 16 million. So not, you know, these are not massive money. And you've got to remember, we sold Danilo for a profit. So I think we sold him for 36 million quid. So we made money on Danilo of 34 million quid. Um, uh, Bravo's gone now. Who else? We bought Angelino. Okay. We bought Angelino uh, for a few million quid. Uh, not, not even that. Uh, probably even less, uh, under a million, I think. And we made a, a, a big profit on him. Nathan Aki's only just arrived, so let's not... I think Ma- Mangala was um, a big disappointment. But Mangala was before. So that, we got was, Zach that, that was before, yeah. yeah. We got Zach Steffen in goal. He's only cost us, uh, I think, six million quid around that sort of uh, thing. Um, but it's too soon for him. Ferran Torres cost us 20 million, too soon for him. Cancelo... 60 million, 58 million to 60 million. It's not been a success for him yet. Gabriel Jesus, 28 million. You don't think that's a loss of money. You know, for the money we paid, that's all right. Zinchenko cost us one and a half million. That's fine. Sane, he was a success. We made a good profit on the sale of Sane. Would you take Sane back, um, Ray? I don't know. He's not doing very well at the moment. Uh, on current form, no. Uh, Rodri, um, we don't know. He's only been here two seasons. Cost us sixty million. Mares cost us sixty million. He's been all right. You know, you can't say he's been a failure. Uh, Laporte cost us fifty-eight million. He's been a success. John Stones cost us fifty million. He's been a tremendous success. Bernardo Silva cost us forty-three million. He's been a success. Kyle Walker cost us fifty million. He's been a success. Ilke Gundogan cost us twenty-four million. Massive success. Uh, Diaz cost us sixty million. Big success. KDB cost us. Uh, no, KDB was uh, uh, KDB was under Pellegrini. Edison cost us about thirty million. Another big success. So really, twenty-one signings, you know, and probably seventeen or eighteen have either been a success, a good success, or it's too soon to tell. Very, very Sorry, sorry. This is the point. This is the point. Other clubs, okay. And my point was, other clubs use City. Okay, and saying City spending all this money and blah blah blah, that's why we no no. You buy, you make poor financial decisions. You make poor purchases. Look at United; they got Sanchez. What a what a cock up that was. Look at how many other players United have got that have failed, you know, and they've paid huge money for. Look at Liverpool have done pretty well, but their bench players aren't that great. And that's been one of their issues. Chelsea spent tons of money. You know, look, at, look at Danny Drinkwater. They spent almost 40, was it 40, 35 million on him. Paid him 120 grand a week. Failure. Bakayako, uh, was it Bakayako? Uh, you know, another one they paid 40 odd million for. Failure. Big money. So teams, you know, use City to excuse their mistakes. Look at Arsenal. They've got Aubameyang, who's done all right. Lacazette, you know, for what they paid, 45 million. Not good enough. Pepe, 72 million. Not good enough. You know, other players like David Luiz, um, Pablo Mare, like I said, they didn't pay much for him, but they don't instill me with confidence. Tierney, they paid about 25 million. Uh, the White, the defender, right? So it's too soon for him. But so many players they've bought have not been good enough. They've been poor. And this is the point. 
clubs have been poor in the transfer market. They blame City, who've been successful. If those clubs were successful in the transfer market, yeah, then they would be more successful on the pitch. If some, if Chelsea had gone out and bought Bernardo Silva instead of Bakayoko or Danny Drinkwater, they'd have been more successful on the pitch. And that's it. Stop blaming City for your own failures. Uh, one final question, Ray. Um, from the, this is only one question from one follower. Um, are you still a big fan of Ben Asser uh, from uh, AC Milan? Uh, I'll be honest. I've not watched him lately. Uh, once I, I figured we're not going for him. I'm less interested in him. I think he got injured, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, to be honest, um, I'm still interested to see what he does this season, you know. Um, but I don't think we'll be going for him. I, I, but I'll still watch out because I, I do have a few. I follow one Algerian journalist in particular. And if Benas is doing anything, he'll tell me that Benas is doing something. So I do follow uh, uh, that a little bit. Um, I'm just going to have a look at this. Uh, no, this is uh, Stefan Borson again put something about betting about City's price uh, just after one game. <laughs> uh, Stefan is so sarcastic on Twitter. You can't you can't always tell um, when he's being serious. Um, so it, it's kind of difficult, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it is really, really difficult, and it's easy to uh, you know to read him wrong, read him the wrong way, but. Um, He's generally, I think you can figure him out, but he's, he's always, he comes across as quite negative. <laughs> but I think half of that negativity is sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it'll be interesting to, to see, you know, first game of the season coming up. This 30 minute podcast has probably lasted an hour and a half. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how our first game goes tomorrow. As I said, right at the top of the pod, I just don't want us to lose. I want us to get through this game. We might have half a team. I'd like us to have a defence of something like Walker, Stones, uh, Diaz and Mendy, Ozinchenko and Edison well, in goal. That, that was just going to be my final uh, question, just to finish this off, yeah. uh, Ray. Uh, what would you say would be the lineup for a uh, game against... I don't Stones? know. I mean, I, I, I think some of the, I would like Walker, Stones, if they're fit enough, um, and Diaz with either Mendy or Zinchenko at left-back. Edison in goal if he's fit, though I think it might be Stefan. Fernandinho as DM or Rodri. They'll both, I think they'll both be fit. So we might see them both play uh, because they have played pre- some preseason. Maybe Gundogan in front of them. I'm not liking that as a triumvirate. But if, if Bernardo Silva's fit, maybe Bernardo Silva plays with, ben- uh, with Gundogan and we have just one holding midfielder. And up front, we could have, I think we'll have Maris on the right. I don't think there's an issue there. We could use Ferran Torres or Gabriel Jesus. And Grealish might get a start because I'm trying to think who else we can play out on the left. Grealish or Sterling, um, I think, with Fordham being injured. He might, Grealish might get that start. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, that's Ray's assessment. Um, I hope you enjoyed this pod. It was a, a little bit of a, uh, I, I, I guess, a, a chat-a-thon between... Um, uh, myself and uh, Ray and uh, we arranged it uh, pretty much at the last minute. I mean, it's what twenty minutes past five here in in the morning in Korea. Um, we couldn't get uh, Colin on, uh, but uh, he'll be back with us um, for uh, after the next game. But um, yeah, it, that that was a very very uh, interesting chat, and I think that you've got 
pretty much the overall perspective of the city sphere. Uh, I think Ray's given a very good uh, summary of how things uh, lie. But uh, guys, we'll be back with you, uh, with Colin Savage, after the game against Tottenham. But uh, for now, I think we'd better just um, bring it to a close and uh, thank our friend Ray for coming on. And, and, and thank you so much, Ray. You were very busy today, but thank you for sparing us your time. Hi, it's always a pleasure, pleasure Mike, and to hopefully uh, keep uh, the City fans across the world, because the Bolt from the Blue is in about 200 countries, um, uh, keep them informed and updated as to what's going on at Manchester that- City. That is absolutely true, guys. On the uh, on the website, BuiltFromTheBlue.live, we have a presence in over 200 countries. We're now on uh, uh, over 5,000 uh, supporters, uh, followers on uh, uh, YouTube. And that's all uh, thanks to my friends. Um, on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, I beg your pardon. That's, uh, that's uh, all thanks to... To people like uh, Ray and Colin Savage, uh, because these are the opinions that uh, uh, people want to hear about. Um, Anyway, guys, let's finish it off here, and uh, we'll be back with you in a few days. But until then, uh, as we always uh, say, have one on us, and up the blues.